Hey y'all, welcome to Mike.com's new pivot to podcast format. We have here a tri-fire type format here featuring my good friend Liz Franzak, a social justice journalist out of the University of Pittsburgh. We have Noah Colwin out of Tel Aviv University here to talk to us about diversity in the IDF and of course me, Victor Frankel and uh, no, okay, can't do that. <laughs> I guess both look. I, I mean, I don't know. You're the guy who like does this stuff. Yeah, I'm just well, the media guy. I'm yeah, just, that's I'm just why a, you're I'm just here. a simple blue check. Listen, Noah, riddle me this. Yes, it's 3 p.m. on a Friday, right? We're here at the Fusion.com offices. Mm. Fusion.net, but go on. Fusion. Wow, wow. Thank like, God you're here. Com? It was. I don't remember why they didn't, Pathetic. but. Yeah. There was a moment when media companies were like relaunching or rebranding where they're like, we're going with, it was like an alternate, like how to like signal that you were alternative. We were Rico.net. Well, and, and now we're Vox, and then it became Vox.com. Wait, so, okay, yeah. I've got so many media questions. Well, here, let me, let me, let me, let's, let's play act this out a little okay. bit. Okay. You are getting called in. You are a. Uh, yes, I'm being called in. You, you <laughs> work at the office, but you're a freelancer. Uh, Liz and I. Are your bosses Jorge Ramos? Ramos. Ramos. And what's a woman? Madeline Albright. Madeline Albright. What? We are your bosses here at Fusion.net. I've always thought Liz looked like her. We call you into the office. And it's, 20, it's 2013. Okay. It's 2013. Great year. We Great say year. it pre-9-11, everything's good. Bush is still in office, but he hasn't started the Iraq war yet. In, two, two 2013. in 2013? Yeah, this was a number. Uh, and we're like, Noah, we, our numbers are flagging, right? The clicks ain't there. What do we do? So, I mean, that's a really, you know, 2013 was a special time to ask that question. Because yeah. uh, there were a lot of really, I mean, frankly, just a lot of new frontiers being blazed in journalism that yeah. I think we're still sort of reckoning with. Um, people hadn't. You people- could put quizzes in posts. <laughs> Um, you could also start to add polls. Um, you could do stuff where you could do a hide link, like a bit.ly on Twitter, but then <gasps> actually have it load a link of like Geraldo Rivera shirtless. Oh. And, um, you know, there was just all these sorts of different little hijinks that you could do. Yeah. Um, I remember one time I was, uh, this was, uh, you know, I, I was trying to figure out like, ah, is this, uh, you know, I was, it was like a, I think it was like a November and I woke up one day and, and my boss was like, you got to do something, get some traffic. And I was like, all right. Is this Halloween costume Steve Jobs or Elizabeth Holmes? And that was a fucking banger. You How know? much did you get paid for that? Do we need to talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, uh, my, no, my starting job. Well, this was, I mean, that's like the bullshit side of it. But like, you know, that was I started at Recode. And I think I was probably making at the end. Yeah. Annualized that year was 60K. And then, you know, but like the other part of the job was not doing, you know, was not doing quizzes and, and trying to do the real journalism. Yeah. But the quizzes were a part of it. But I yeah. mean, you know, and that was real. I was paid well and I lived in the Bay and like ostensibly I worked for a company that made money. But, you know, the heavy dot com. Ostensibly. Crew, ostensibly. But that's like it's like 
Like all media revenue is fucking theoretical unless it's a company that's been around for a hundred years. And then if it's like, and then if it's, and then within that theoretical, there's the good kind of theoretical where everybody went to a nice college and everybody understands like theoret, you know, the stuff you're supposed to make, change the world, the journalism. And, you know, and then there's like the bad kind where it's like junk, but in reality, it's all the same. It's just one giant, horrible, like tar pit that we all live in. Well, before we get into all of that. Hello, everyone. I'm Liz. My name is Jorge Ramos. And of course, and (laughs) we have actually, in our special episode about journalism, Liz and I have headed out onto the streets of Bed-Stuy, lassos in hand, astride muscled donkeys, and wrangled a Jew. (laughs) Not hard in New York. (laughs) Yes. But they got a special one. And what's your name? I'm Noah Colwin. And of course, we are joined by producer Young Chomsky. The podcast is called Truanon, colon, on the media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brooke Gladstone, and today we're talking about my gay ass. No, um, we've had you on the show so many times, and this is yet this is the first time in person. I know, that's yeah. crazy. It's, I know that we do it unorthodox. Like You guys can't see us right now. We are, we are in a twister-type setup here <laughs> with a lot of kind of moving around. There's a lot of moving Brace pieces. Brace likes to keep everyone. On their toes. Yeah, absolutely. I also, Literally. I, it hands. is really hot in here, too, and I like to do that kind of on purpose, you know, yeah. kind of put people in the hot seat, as it were. Yeah. Uh, but we're here to talk about a former company that you worked for, and I know this is this is sort of one of those things that they have to do in journalism, where you have to say full disclosure. There's a couple we need to make here before we Ooh. start this episode. Right. So, I mean, as far as Ozzy goes, um, I was the founder, CEO, yeah. and uh, principal advisor to the company. Its successes and struggles uh, lie with me. Everything that you've read in the media is a lie. Yes. And what I'm about to tell you is the God's honest <laughs> truth. Now, um, I never worked for Ozzy, and uh, I did, however, I'm like a freelance person now who writes for a bunch of places, and I have my own uh, non-competitive podcast. Uh, Dog, I'm literally, you got to clear the plugs with me before you do uh, it. <laughs> What's it called? What's it called? Oh, blow back. Um, and... The, you know, but my career, the bulk of it, you know, I, in college, I started working as an intern and then got hired out of college uh, for the site Recode, which is now like a, a vertical within Vox.com. And now uh, wait, I have a question yes. because this confuses me. Is Vox.com a vertical within the New York Times? <laughs> no, Vox.com is, is uh, much as some may like wish it were, uh, Vox is, or they just hire a lot of Vox people at the Times now, I guess, like as recline and so on. But basically, like... When I worked for Recode, we were an independent site launched by Kara Swisher and uh, the now retired tech reviewer, Walt Mossberg, who had been at the Wall Street Journal for a number of years. And they said, we want to go out on their own. And I was an undergraduate at UC Berkeley and thought, well, gee, I grew up on the East Coast. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready yes. to go. And, and, well, and like, you know, it was like, wow, all these smart people I know who want to make a lot of money are going to work for tech companies. Yeah. And everybody who I knew in New Jersey who worked for a tech company was a fucking weirdo. Yeah. So why is, like, are all these, like, Patagonia vests, you know, sentient Patagonia vests going to work at a, like, for a tech company? And so then, you know, decided, like, oh, well, that's, like, the thing here, so I'll cover it. And... And uh, Vox bought Recode, Vox Media, which is, you know, owns The Verge, Vox.com, uh, Curbed, Eater, and other media properties, SB Nation, and so on. Yeah, yeah. They True acquired Vox. True and on as well. Yeah, yes, and, and, and <laughs> I didn't know that was public yet. Um, <laughs> and so I went to work for them, and then in 2016, after I moved to New York, I worked at Vice for 
Almost two years. And yeah, then, a lot of people don't know this too, but Noah actually invented the five fast facts. He did that while at Vice. <laughs> Heavy stole that from him, and he's been in like this really contentious lawsuit. Yeah, with him it's ever been since. you know, it's it's. I would actually sum up the lawsuit for you, but I'm not really allowed to break things down into five fast facts anymore. Here's yeah. what I don't understand <laughs> yeah. about um, Vice. Like at a certain point, Vice was like, you know what? We're just going to do only articles about Al Qaeda. <laughs> And then I'm like, and and then everyone was like, you know what? No one reads Vice anymore. And it's like, dude, just do do's and don'ts. Well, they, I, well, yeah. But the thing is, Vice once they once they listen, if your if your website gets a guy like Oz Katerji in the mix, <laughs> yeah. brother, you are you're signing your yeah, own death. Warrant. You're through the looking glass mm-hmm. there. Well, it's you know, Vice is like all these companies. Like Vice, when I worked there, had. I want to ballpark it at like 2,500 employees, 3,000. Mm. Jesus Christ. It's a huge company. Regular Nuremberg rally. <laughs> so you had at a place like Vice, it's this, you know, it's a, it's like um, when you're like a kid and, and you like, you see another and like, there's like an eight year old, he brings you a Lego thing and it just looks like, it doesn't look like anything. It's just yeah. a bunch of shit like strapped together. Mm. Functionally, that's what a lot of media companies at any size become. They claim that there are synergies, integrations, efficiencies that you get by combining all these things. But of course, that's not how it is. It's in fact like, no, you use the brand name and recognition of one parent organization as, you know, something to subsidize like business guys doing deals further down, like, you know, at a lower level or something. Um, And the idea is that, well, you're not just buying ads with us, you're buying ads with all these other people and so on. And that's like the very rough, like back of the napkin logic for that sort of stuff. And then after Vice, I did, you know, I, I worked in smaller magazines and, and uh, were, you know, I'm still on the masthead at Jewish Currents and I work at The Drift as well. And uh, so I worked at smaller places, but then because I needed health insurance, I worked at The Outline for under a year until they shut down the website and laid it off because I accidentally started a global novel coronavirus pandemic. Oh, sure. Um, the Outline, I remember that one had an outline. That like when you move the page down, it did a <laughs> yeah, little yeah, dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. like a regular blog. Like it was like the, it was the thing did a little dance on yeah. it. And yeah. I worked with a terrific team of of very kind people at the Outline who are now doing a very interesting thing at Gawker. But I also don't work for the Outline or Bustle Digital Group, its parent company. Anymore. Bustle Digital Group. Yes. So this is, you know, I Here's feel... Here's that's funny, yeah, is I, that, like, we got to play a little, like, it's good that we have no idea I don't know what shit is, so... Yeah, I feel like I'm just, like, the guy telling everybody what the fine print on the back of their shampoo bottle says. You could be lying also, to me. also, like, you, like, you work in this industry. Look, Brace and I, we don't know New York. <laughs> we don't know the media. What we know, we don't like. We don't like any of them. So yeah. it's good, because you can play good cop, because we would only have terrible things to say about all of these places that we know nothing about. I mean, it's very funny that like I'm the ray of light on this subject in this room and in this conversation, because I think, like, in just about every other version of this, I'm the guy that people are like, like wow, I should really just go Ted Kaczynski it, you know? Well, we should get to the, what we're here yeah, silver to discuss. Linings. Because we're not actually, this isn't an ad, we're not just running through Noah's CV, although I did enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot longer than I thought, to be honest. A lot different pla- a lot of different places. I, I mean, know it's, you know, b- bills got to be paid. <laughs> well, and 20-year-olds 20, 20 need to be told what to I do. I mean, I work for Harrods. Harrods? Harrods? <laughs> I don't but, know how you pronounce no, it. No, we're here to Hebrew? talk. We, we had to get you here because we needed the inside blue check angle to discuss the hilarious implosion of this little media outfit called Aussie, yes, which this, will this, get this, us into a this, much larger discussion 
about the media writ large. But this, the case of Ozzy, which I feel like I have to say like, Ozzy, because it's like all capitals. Well, to me, it just looks like someone's yelling it. To me, Ozzy is just one of these websites, like the 50 that I've named so far, mm. like Fusion, Mike, Bitch, Quartz. Wait, is that one? Uh, bitch is a magazine, but that's a real magazine. Bitch is oh, wait, a real no. magazine. What's the one yeah. I'm thinking of? Uh, it could be I think it is Bustle. Exo Jane. All right. Well, that's, no, that's maybe not real, so that's much. Like, yeah. I mean, Exo Jane is like now it's like a zombie, and once upon a time it was like where I used to. It was to, a thing. Yeah, I used to. It's where you. Exo like, Jane had like Cat Marnell era. Yeah, energy. no, they had crazy sex shit. Exo Jane also pioneered, I think, the like, uh, like trauma. Oh yeah, for, no. Oh yeah. I mean, clicks, it was like that. Absolutely. Well, I mean, remember Thought Catalog? Yeah. Yes. I. Yes. Very. Very. Very well. Um, they got me my start in the industry. Of lying, <laughs> but uh, but so Ozzy Ozzy Media, uh, which stands for Ozzy Osbourne Production, um, was was is one of these websites that like it's like you see it and you look at it and then it just totally goes out of your head. And it turns out, you know, you you were showing me a lot of this stuff that these guys have been on kind of a wild ride that really sort of like sums up a lot of these so-called fa- the so-called news media, the real called fake news media. Yeah, well, I think it's also like what is, you know, I guess like to to make it just a little bit dorm roomy in here. Like what is media, man? Like I also think that there is a distressingly nebulous way that we're talking about what are specific businesses yeah. that employ a, you know, countable number of people mm-hmm. who oh, are responsible me, counted and named yeah and you know like what is media like well their job is to mediate your existence through reality in 1917 you know when you know like bolsheviks ran to get their issues of pravda they did it because they were reading it to you know with their new literacy skills in st petersburg or whatever they were learning about what was happening in the world around them as processed through by the people on the damn page and now we have like you know, there are a bunch of different things that the media does in terms of like providing what we think of as basic news. And then there are magazines and, you know, and then there yeah. are movies, you know, it's like, what is this shit? And like they, all the responsibilities overlap. And it to me feels like the Aussie thing kind of really brings into relief just how broken the whole thing is. Because like, how is, how are we told that journalism and all this media stuff is like, you know, dying and, and we're just, we're not able to process information anymore in the right way. And then literally the people who are funded by the man, the establishment yes. to do that seem incapable of not only, let alone turning a, turning a buck, but like doing the thing that they say that they're going to do, make a thing that people want to look at. Well, what does no one mean by that? Liz, what happened with Aussie media? Well, it all started... When the incomparable Ben Smith Mm -hmm. at the New York Crimes broke a huge story about, uh, I mean, basically... Aussie media, which was I don't know a glorified blog, like it was. I mean, it was a YouTube website where they they had like some they did some channel. events, festivals. Yeah, they had they, a festival um, in the park. I mean, it's like every corner that you could possibly imagine cutting a cutting as a uh, like uh, you know a media brand, like they did in the sense of like. Oh, well, we're going to advertise the show and saying that it's the first talk show on Amazon Prime. That's not what they actually had. What they actually had was a quote-unquote talk show, which is, you know, just a guy sitting in front of a camera. It's easy to make a talk show. And then Amazon Prime has a way where you can, like, submit any show to be on Amazon Prime. Right, 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 right. And so they did, you know, it was like, that was sort of their bread and butter. But the Time story had obviously a, 
somewhat more juicy <laughs> deception. Yeah, yeah. So Ben Smith, he breaks the story that Ozzy was closing a new round of funding, as many media companies are wont to do, with Goldman Sachs. It was like, I think it was like $40 million or something. Mm-hmm. It was like a pretty serious Trump round change to a guy like Coindexter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just oh, a few my. coins from my purse could more than double that. But full disclosure, Coindexter is the silent partner for Ozzy, so you can't really bring him <laughs> into this. Yes. So turns out that Ozzy, in order to close that deal, basically, I mean, it's a really incredible story. Um Basically, they asked Goldman Sachs to get on, you know, a call to close this like capital round. They were going through their metrics, particularly their YouTube metrics. They said that an executive, who I can't remember the name of, well, it was, was supposed this, to be on the call. It was supposed that, to be a Zoom call, right? It was the way that it was an executive, like the Aussie executive, and this isn't uncommon. Where it's like, hey, you're you're investing money in us because we make a lot of stuff on YouTube that lots of people watch, right? So we're going to have a YouTube executive, one of the partners we work with there. Um, because that's also part of what they're selling is that like we have relation, you know, part of the reason we can make your money back is that we have relationships at YouTube, which gives us a leg up on all the other schmucks. Right. And like they said, we'll have and the execs YouTube- at Goldman are like, sure, we're old guys. Yeah. Who knows? And, well, we, we and so it's we'll like, we'll get, on the, we'll, we'll get on this like Zoom call. And then the guy, well, he like Samir Rao is the COO. Sarah Rao's husband. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they, they all plan on getting on this Zoom call and then abruptly they say wait a second something's going wrong with my technology classic classic move grace always does this when we have this is no okay i don't do that it does happen you know my mic on my computer doesn't work but go on (laughs) and he says we're having tech difficulties can we all just join on an old-fashioned conference call does that sound good? And everyone's like, yeah, totally great. Fantastic. Fucking hate Zoom. Yeah. Like a normal person. Let's just jump on the old telly. I don't need to see you for this. No. Yeah. So they do. Seems like the call goes great. Although, you know, it's a little. The YouTube exec is there. Samir, I don't believe is. Well, so it's like the idea is that this YouTube exec is talking and he's like talking about why mm. Ozzy is so tight and so good. Yeah. Except the problem is, is that, well, the YouTube executive, his voice sounds a little funny and the mm. golden people at a certain point are just like, this guy's definitely like, I don't know if this is this guy. Yeah. So after the meeting, they reach out to the YouTube guy directly to be like, yeah. Hey, uh, because it wasn't his YouTube email on the calendar. It was a personal Gmail account. And (laughs) yes, they reach out and they're like, yeah, we weren't in that meeting. We don't know what. And so like eventually the story gets out to Ben Smith, but it's like, you know, that is for, for, to complete the circle. Like the, the story is, is that people from Aussie were impersonating the YouTube executive in order to give the impression to the Goldman execs that they had, this partnership with YouTube that they don't have in order to get this $40 million round of funding. Now that is called fraud. Yes. That is like, there. like, like I want to be clear to the people listening. Like there are a lot of dumb, there's a lot of dumb shit that you can do mm. in business and yeah. like never what? get in trouble. Uh, just, you could, you can, I mean, poison, you can, you can poison people. You can bribe politicians. <laughs> you can literally bribe after McDonald. I mean, people, you know, like, McDonald v. Virginia, where, you know, the former government, former governor of Virginia, his case went to the Supreme Court, and basically the Supreme Court ruled bribery is legal. Like, because you can't prove that your gift didn't make him do the thing for you. Right, 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 right. So it's like, you know, you could do a whole lot of stuff. One thing that you cannot do is lie to people while you're raising money. 
Yeah. Um, that is like the, you know, why is Elizabeth Holmes in trouble Unless now? Why is Elizabeth Musk. Holmes in trouble now? Why did Martin Shkreli get in trouble? It's yeah. not because he jacked up the price of Daraprim. It's not because Elizabeth Holmes did fraudulent blood tests on thousands of people at Walgreens in Arizona. It's because they defrauded investors. So yes. that is like, you know. Which, to be clear, Free Shkreli. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Can't say his name. Well, it doesn't matter. It's, okay. but it's uh, Shkreli? Yeah, you know what? You can pronounce Shukreli. names however you'd like. Shrekley. Finally coming around to that, huh? Shrekley? It, You know, well, I don't know, Liz. It's, you know, it's freestyle. You can say it however <laughs> you want. Martin. Martin, if you're listening, call us. We'd love to talk. Um, yeah, this turns out to be a pretty we big... We promise not to fall in love with you like that other lady. Oh, okay. Let's not be hasty here. Um, but yeah, this turns out to be a, a, a pretty big deal for Ozzy. Of course, it gets leaked, and then YouTube six the... I listen... You know me, one of the top police abolition, uh, uh, <laughs> what do you call it, activists. I, I'm both, okay, yes, I'm a police abolitionist, but I also am technically a licensed peace officer in New York City. And so there is that kind of contradiction here. But you know you know how I feel about the subject. YouTube does sick the FBI on Ozzy. Well, actually, I'm not sure. I mean, the thing that feels really interesting like about that sequence of events is that basically... Until Ben Smith's article gets published on Monday morning, like nobody's any the wiser. Like, had you asked yeah. investors about Ozzy, they would have been like, or the people, you know, like this company. Dude, had raised- if you asked anyone on the internet about Ozzy, they would have been like, we what don't is know it? what exactly. website you're talking. So this is the about. thing. It wasn't until their like their COO got caught doing fraud that anybody was like, maybe there's some problems here. And then all of a sudden, you know, and then of course the dam breaks. Ben Smith yeah, yeah, writes yeah. follow ups. This guy, the head of the company, Carlos Watson, you know, Harvard alum, McKinsey alum, you know, total like sleazebag. Yeah, so he's Goldman like, Sachs yeah, alum. Schooled, schooled Goldman fraud, Sachs alum. He like knows. he's. And, you know, like a one-time MSNBC, like truly somebody who is like, he, he he raised a lot of money on the idea that I'm lifting and amplifying black voices. And of course, like... Is that what the angle of Oz that was? One of, that was one yes. of the angles. Yeah, yeah. But it like, it, they didn't sell it very well. It took me a while of watching his YouTube show last night to figure that out. I think, I feel like Hillary Clinton did something with Ozzy. Yeah, she went yeah, yeah. to Aussie Fest. She went. Biden, she spoke at yeah. Aussie Fest in 2018. The outline published a wonderful essay by none other than Matt Christman. Never heard of him. Uh, where he, if you want to hear about that psycho spectacle, then I, mm. I would suggest Matt's words on it. But like the gist of it is that Aussie was, you know, it was a vanity project for its CEO who was clearly wanted to be like a successful media mogul, and all he needed to have was a company that could accomplish that. And yeah. he didn't need the company to have, you know, they bought their traffic. They bought email subscribers. They did everything to, you know, that says this is a fake media company. And, you know, reader, people listening to this may, you know, read some of the coverage and be like, wow, some journalists got screwed over. This guy seems really upset. Like he was hired to do this project that he said was going to be on A&E, oh, but it turns no, out it wasn't. No, no, I'm going to be honest. I worked, and I say this like having worked at, you know, and I got paid a lot of money to work at Judas. Vice. And I worked with a lot of smart people who did good jobs, but like. If you are working for something that seems a little scammy, or if you are a journalist and you're not asking enough questions, like to know that something is off, then that's kind of on you. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, that's like, that's I, the like, thing is, how are you supposed to trust reporting from anybody who's working for Ozzy? <laughs> but it's not reporting. And that yes. Well, there that there we go. Yeah. Or it's, so, or it's like, what is the thing that's being called reporting? And it's like, well, we're amplifying voices that are not like you know marginal voices, and it's like. So you're interviewing an activist that just appeared on CNN two weeks ago and then talking about, like, in an abstract sense, a social issue or, like, you know, you're talking – it's like talking about white fragility versus talking about poisoned water in Flint. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And, and there's, you know, which is, I bring up as an example because Mike.com very famously, like, like 10 years ago, so famous being an elastic term here, uh, Jamie Dimon's daughter wrote an article uh, for Mike, this is back when it was a previous company. Jamie back when it was Diamond. A, Jamie Diamond of Chase Bank. Chase Bank. Who yeah. just yesterday said Bitcoin was a fraud. Yeah, I saw that. But then he said, but then he said, but stable coins are real. So it's yeah, he's going all in. Yeah, on he, Ethereum. he's having Mister. Yeah, Mister. Yeah, it's everybody. It's like they always have to say one. It's like they can never just say yeah, crypto's bullshit. They always have to be like, so it's bullshit, but I want to make a lot of money. Yeah. Um. Jamie Dimon's daughter. Jamie Dimon's daughter writes this article about Flint, Michigan, and the photo that ran with it was not of Flint, Michigan, was everybody pointed out. But it's like there was this – there is a – I bring up because, you know, Mike and, and Ozzy, yes, there may be people who do good work for them or we – you know, everybody in this room has known somebody who worked for Mike, I can say. But it's like these – like the thing that they raised money on and like what Ozzy's whole thing was is that it's like we are going to translate young people stuff to yes. old people. But isn't that what any media company says? Also, the why old people are not the people you want to watch your shit. It's the young people. But I don't know. Okay. Now, I think this is great because, Noah, you are definitely speaking from the journalist perspective. Myself, I would like just – one moment. No, me too. Yeah, yeah, Young yeah. person. No, I think you can. We're going to do a little crossfire thing. I would like to speak from the publisher point of view, which is you mentioned that why are you publishing stories like about white fragility versus Flint, Michigan? Um, but what happens when the publisher says, but people are only clicking on the white fragility stories? So that's a really, this is where it gets, though, to like, I think the. Like, if that's what people want to it's, read. It's a, it's a really, it's a very good point because it goes to what I think is like, they've made the whole fucking thing out of the media now. Like, the, the whole plane out of the black box. Like, that's, that's everything yes, now. Absolutely. Is yeah. media. Because, you know, if you are a, uh, like, if you are in business of any sort, you have to get attention to it. And the way that you used to do that would be to buy ads, market it, send a guy to twirl a sign out. And maybe you still do that. But now people's attention is sucked onto specific platforms, whether it's places that just make content like Netflix or HBO or, you know, it's Facebook, it's Instagram, it's TikTok. It's things that occupy people's attention and that's where their eyes go and where you have to meet them if you want to get them to see your thing. And so, you know, the platforms are where obviously the money gets made, right? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like those companies, the ones that, you know, run the distribution, Facebook, Instagram, we hear all the time about how they literally mint money and there's nothing for anybody else. Well, so what is there then if there, you know, it's obviously not any, like there's not nothing, but there's, you know, crumbs left. What are those crumbs is functionally what I think that question comes to, because there aren't like a, you know, like the number of journalists relative to the number of PR people, if you look at like a chart, you know, people who say that they do X, you know, do I do PR? Do I do yeah. journalism? Then, you know, the, the number of journalists has gone down over the last number of decades. The number of PR people has, you know, like skyrocketed. And the nature of the journalism, too, I think, has also been that like, well, the people who used to do that journalism and used to do this kinds of things are now being pushed to do something else. Or the few places that do it are that much more, you know, like the New York Times I get mad at it every day, but I also can't read. Like, I need to read it every day mm. in order to get the understanding of the world. So I feel about the Daily Mail. I mean, it, it's, I mean mo- it's, it's, it's an incredibly, you know, the ice flows are very large, mm. and, but they are ice flows and they are melting and there are only a few of them. And so places like Ozzy were supposed to represent, like, they're the thing that give, like, supposed to present the idea that we have a diverse ecosystem and businesses that can make it and reach new young audiences and so on. But then it's, you know, you put the magnifying glass up a bit closer and what is it? 
well, we just have a very small media ecosystem. The number, the amount of journalism that is a part of that, or what we would call journalism, yeah. picking up somebody on the phone and squaring an official record with the experienced reality of people, mm. like that's not, that's less and less of a part of it. And it's less remunerative than ever before because all of that profit that used to exist, the Ritz-Carlton expense accounts that Washington Post reporters could have as late as the 1990s, those don't exist anymore because literally classifieds died and private equity started yeah, buying yeah, up papers. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. it's like when we, people look at Ozzy and see, oh, the crazy cartoon show and stuff or whatever, I think to me what I would want to stress them is like this is like – it's it's all you know. It's, it's, it's turtles all the way down. Exactly. It's you know. It's it's the Tao of media. Like it's like you, you need to experience and, and absorb some of it, but most of it is fraudulent bullshit, and you cannot be blamed for not knowing it because like there is the falsity of the transparency of social media, where everybody thinks that they're you know everybody knows everything all the time about this, but like about how media and how the sausage gets made or whatever, but not even the journalists do anymore. Because well, everybody's just playing the part. Well, that's the mm. thing about, you You know, you mentioned classified ads here. And that was like the way that newspapers made. I mean, even like the little punk magazine that I used to work for made all of its money on classified ads. Very few of them for actual subscriptions. Like that didn't even basically recoup the pr- cost for printing. Yeah. And once those fell out, you know, that was it. There was no more money left. And the thing is with a lot of these new digital companies, though, is that ads were supposed to replace them and not like, you know, classified type ads, but like actual ads that pop up on your screen. You know, you click on them and then some money goes to whatever. I don't know. You know, I don't know the nuts and bolts of all of it, although it doesn't seem like very many people do. I mean, it's it's the advertising on the Internet is like there is a very famous kind of um, kitschy quote that was made by an early Facebook executive that I think was in a Bloomberg article about how the guy's name, I believe I could be wrong, was Hammerbacher. But what he said was the greatest minds of my generation are being trained to get people to click on ads. And he was being like, he's being a little bit like glib, but in a certain sense, he's very true where it's like, you know, there are two kinds of very effective ads. Uh, There are the, you know, ads that you pay an enormous amount of money for on a bunch Mm. of real estate that everybody, you know, like the Super Bowl. There's those ones that are like, I'm newly divorced and I'm so horny. Please call. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 My yeah. husband is dead. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, there's like, like there's the basically programmatic ads, like the, you know, plugging stuff in the random chum box. Like I can make money, but it's like the way that it's measured in the industry is called a CPM cost per milla. Mm. Um, and it's originally milla. M-I-E-L-L-E. Oh, Cost uh, per MILF. That makes sense. <laughs> Originally for uh, like thousand because it was um, oh, sure. a measure of uh, circulation. And CPMs in, you know, like I- I'm going to make up a number here, but it's just to illustrate the relative scale. Let's say to buy an ad in a magazine, you're going to pay a, do- a CPM of like $6 or mm. $10. Yeah. And then you're paying a CPM of 50 cents on the Internet. So the idea is that like you are spending like you are getting something much cheaper but the product you're spending, you know, you're, you're getting more bang for your buck is the pitch that gets made. Except, you know, like there's not really good data that shows whether or not the ads work. And additionally, the thing that is really like you, you see to kind of compensate for it is that like people know that advertising revenue is um, like 
a kind of like mugs game in many respects, which is why the most aggressive, you know, like spending on media or content is happening on platforms where there isn't advertising. And it's all about these, you know, subscription streaming races, you know, like Netflix or HBO, where it's about, or, or Apple, Google, YouTube Premium, uh, and so on, where it's about trying to integrate people into a bundle. So it's just like the media model that advertising used to support. Yes, advertising can still support some businesses. I mean, blowback, we run some ads on it, sure. But like, um, we do as well, but people don't know. Yeah, That's why it's, so successful. it's subtle. It's really yeah. subtle. <laughs> but it's, you know, like there's not, uh, uh, yeah, you don't, you know, think of Patreon, for example. I mean, it's, it's you know, like I, you, you know, people on Truanon do, uh, you know, like the Truanon, I got to say, the Truanon podcast is doing a thing that nobody else is doing by charging people $5 a month. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, but it's like, like uh, jokes aside, it is a great business to be in charging people five bucks a month. That's a great way to support independent left media, not trying to peg it to like, you know, the number of words or whatever. Like that, that's, that's, that's a, it's like, that's the model, but everybody is, you know, I don't think that we're like, I think the Aussie stuff, I guess, blows up because like, because the actual, like getting the math to work is so tough and it's not really remunerative and people are, you know, understandably like super confused when they see these scandals and they're like, wait, so this was a company raising money from Goldman Sachs, but it never did anything, but also it was yeah. popular and all these people like this lady and who's it's almost a media the president. Company, it's not a Tesla car company. No, I mean, well, this is like, it's, you know, you see it one place, you see it everywhere, man. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's so that's the thing with Ozzy, right? Is, is, is if we're talking about the inflated metrics here, is that that, and which is, I assume also is true for literally every single online media company is like fake numbers, all that stuff, all the way down from like views of the actual articles to like, you know, listens to their podcasts, to views of their videos, to ads clicked on, right? Yeah. Ozzy, their mistake was being particularly egregious about it, right? One yeah. of the things that's noted in here is that their newsletter had 27 million subscribers. Now, the way that a lot of newsletters work, right, is like, you know how Bernie Sanders sold your email address Dude. to every single little fucking annoying ass progressive motherfucker running in this country? Dude. And so you get text messages, emails, et cetera, from people I'm in like still Arizona. subscribing from like insane. Daily, daily. And, that motherfucker. But that's what a lot of that's what a lot of media companies do too, right? Is like they buy, or that that's what Ozzy in particular was doing is they were basically buying names from lists, sure. right? And that is so like that's true. I think all the way down with a lot of this stuff. If you go to L.A. or I think you were saying in New York for a while too, but in L.A. in particular. Every single fucking construction site, everywhere that you could wheat paste something was wheat pasted with ads for Carlos Watson's YouTube talk show. I don't even remember it actually saying it was related to Ozzy Media because I didn't really know who Carlos Watson was. Well, I mean, that, that was the whole, like, I think one thing with Ozzy, to your point, is just that it's like, it was about, like, you know, other media companies that are kind of scammy or grifty or whatever. It's like, they make a thing, you know, at least, like, yeah. even if you don't like, I mean, you know, it's like that annoying tick on the internet where somebody says uh, that because they don't like something, it's a grift. Like, like, no, no, no. Ozzy is like, it was a legitimate grift in the sense that it was entirely a way for a small number of people, Carlos Watson included, and some other, I guess, people whom they considered talent, whom they had, quote unquote, poached from networks. But, you know, it's like, it was a way for them to make money and for them to make, you know, get, hang out with their investors and, you know, do bullshit. Yeah. Because, like, it is, I mean, you know, it's, 
it's way easier. I, I mean, I would think that would be easier to make a real media company and, and do a job every day and make something that people uh, seek out and want. But I guess in their case, it was like, no, I went to McKinsey and Goldman Sachs for college and stuff. And so what I can do is, you know, like just trick everybody and into thinking that it's good because that's how we did it in the other world. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. It's like with the Carlos Watson show, all of the ads said the fastest growing show on YouTube, the fastest growing talk show on YouTube, the next Oprah. I mean, these things were fucking everywhere. Yeah, it was exponential everywhere. growth. They went from one viewer to two viewers. Exactly. But viewers. if you, well, if you look at, I mean, like I was doing last night, if you actually look at the Carlos Watson YouTube channel, Every video has like 200 views yeah. or like 1000 views or something like this. And so we see like from the, from the, you know, from the email list to all this, it's fake all the way down. Sure. And, and, and that to me is like, obviously like Ozzy is a really egregious example there, but like, I can't imagine that's different with really any other online media company, right? Well, it's like the Instagram influencer model yeah. exploded. So Instagram influencer model is, I'm going to like take photos and it's, you know, before, remember when they didn't make influencers do hashtag ad oh, yeah, no, or and whatever? Was, yeah. And they would just be like, no, I just really like skinny tea. Like, yeah. I don't know. What it I is actually like, now. actually it's like, it, 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 skinny tea is actually effective. I mean, you should consult your doctor <laughs> if you're going to start trying but, it. You but you know, it's like if you want to get off the ground, you pay how, and it's fucking cheap as hell, like 40 bucks or something. And you can get like, I don't know, 65,000 followers or whatever for Instagram. And then suddenly you're getting invited to yacht parties in Saudi Arabia or whatever these like really girls should not be doing. And, you know, you're off to the races. Guys and only. like, you know, you're taking in money and doing like, you know, photo shoots with like, you know, non-alcoholic trendy sodas or whatever that have probiotics. And, um, you know, then you're, you know, and it's the same thing. So it's like that, but exploded to now a media company, but also they're doing it to Goldman Sachs. So that's the crazy thing here is, right? Like, exactly. Like a lot of those people, I mean, and this is the Tesla model, like we were talking about too. It's they create this foundation of bullshit, right? Yeah. They, they buy the followers, they fake the metrics, they do whatever. They fake the car. And then they get to a certain level and it's, it's literally like fake it till you make it as like a, a full on business model. Yeah, absolutely. But like most of these companies, never get to the point where they make it. So they're just faking it well, all the way down. Here, here's where I will... Like, well, they're almost hoping that they get tied up so much that everyone will have to continue the fakery because otherwise everyone would bottom out too much. I mean, That's this is, this is where Vice is like a good example is my former employer because they... When I went to work there, there was... So I started at Vice in the summer of 2016 and like the big media narrative at that point was that Disney was going to buy Vice because... Uh, there was like a bunch of stories about how tight, you know, Disney had been one of the investors in Vice's recent round and the investment teams were tight and so on. And then, you know, like lo and behold, a year later, like none of that ends up happening, both because of Me Too stuff, but also much more significantly. Um, uh, and, you know, because, uh, with I mean, Mickey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shane and Mickey. Don't know. It was stay at a wild night in Cabo. Um, and, you know, they like the the thing that was it was really clear was like oh vice is losing money it's missing its revenue targets yeah, and right. it's invested in by private equity investors and media and other investors who want their money back with returns but who are now in the position of simply salvaging the investment because they had invested money in it and marked it at like you know like they're valuing the company at like I don't know, like 4 like a, like a 4 billion dollars or whatever 
And that's fucking crazy because that's the company is not worth that amount of mu- much amount of money. And the difference, though, whereas like other media companies, I think like Vox was better about this when I worked there, is that like, yes, they are raising money from venture investors or equity investors, meaning that they don't have to like you know take on debt. Um, but like they, you know, they were building a, you know, it's it's like they did the things where we're going to line up advertisers. We're going to have a different, you know, like they, they're building smaller or whatever. And, you know, the way to make money on the Internet in the end is scale. And if authentically right. you are able to build scale, then you're fine. You know, I mean, like, for example, Gawker Media, were it not for Hulk Hogan suing them into oblivion, was one of the most profitable media companies of its size. Like, you know, per, per head, it may have been the most like, right. of its vintage. And it wasn't for any other reason than they made a website. You know, like they made a website pretty good. There was a way to do it. Whether or not that could still be the case now, I don't know. You know, environments change. But, like, there is a model. It's just very difficult to get there. It took them years. And they were one of the first, you know, websites on the Internet, right? And now it's like, yeah, it's you're just not going to be able to make that same kind of money. So instead, you just resort to bilking investors and hoping you don't get caught until you get an, a quote-unquote exit when somebody buys you out. Well, that's the game, yeah. I have a question about that because in addition to being a little uh, blue check around town in the, mm-hmm. media, in the media world here, you also cover a lot of financial stuff and have also on this podcast with us. But so I have a question because it feels like all this stuff we're talking about, this these kind of like business models, the Aussie model, which seems like the most egregious example, but is obviously just sort of like a heightened version of what exists everywhere or but or has since, you know, 2013 around that time. It really feels like 20. Yeah. 2012, 2011, 2012. It kind of like, you know, off to the races, kind of what I like term the like we work era of yeah. like digital startup kind of culture. There was a lot of money. There was, flowing. I mean, especially we were all, in the, I mean, all three people in this room were in the Bay then. And it's like, I mean, like yeah, the, that was, a totally I was, different I was time. kind of doing my own shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, well, yeah, I forgot. Race was like a real startup guy back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was starting up. Yeah. Yeah. Starting up. Starting up a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the, but it's like back then, I mean, it was like, it's really hard to communicate. Cause I was even just in college, but just go like the environment, like, the, the question that was asked then was, when is the bubble going to pop? Because the assumption right. is that this was a new period of frothy investment in, right, in right, San Francisco. Right. And it was like, no, this is just how it is now because of the permanent, you know, interest rates are really low. Yeah, Everybody exactly. has lots of credit and nobody wants to raise wages. So, you know, like there is like the, the, there wasn't really a macro view. Like there right. wasn't a big picture view of like, oh, this is what the country is going through. It was instead like oh, these people are minting money because Facebook, you know, the big, the, the, to me, the big thing that changed everything was the Facebook IPO. Because that's when, you know, IPOs are actually kind of important as like material benchmarks in history. Because when a well, company Because you actually goes, get paid out. Exactly. And yeah. so in the case of Facebook, like all of a sudden you had, like it's not, like, those people who get paid out, by the way, they start investing in other startups and putting money into yeah, other yeah, companies. Yeah, in addition, In addition to buying their homes and ju- jacking up prices. And so to me, it was like that era really kicked off with like WeWork and all that stuff because that's when all this new investment money like suddenly made itself apparent and you had vc firms investing in this new crop of companies and media companies recode vice fox 
Huan, you know, so on. They they got money from not just like you know media investors, but like or, or even banks, you know, that will put money into media companies sometimes. But like you know, Andreessen Horowitz was an investor yeah. in BuzzFeed, and it's like Andreessen Horowitz invests in companies that it expects to deliver them a one thousand times return. Yeah, like think about mm. the environment in which like yeah. oh yeah, they thought BuzzFeed was going to be that profitable. That's how different it was. But like that's all changed. Like we, yeah. you know, the U.S. And globally, it's like, you know, they were staring down a recession, then COVID hit, and then the market crashed. Although, you know, you can kind of move those dates around a little bit, depending on yeah, what, one's pretty, yeah, really. what story you want to tell. Um, and, you know, the U.S. economy, shit. Global economy, not great. The Fed is probably going to stop the, the flow of the free cash. But all that money is not going back into media companies. No, I mean, well, or if it is, what it's going into is like... You know, media now is like, um, I'll give an example. Like if, you know, it's 1930 and your little five, your, your, uh, braces, uh, you know, grandfather's out and looks just like brace, but is, you know, waving, you know, his little newsboy cap and is waving the papers. Yeah. Around. Yeah. yeah. Like, like grandpa can, brace. Yeah. Grandpa. yeah so, yes. Yeah. 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 So, you know, you're looking at that and it's like, all right, like you know, open up the paper and you look inside and. You see, oh, like, wow, this is, like, a really different thing. You go look at old newspapers now. Yeah, it's all nudies. It's news and stuff. But the (laughs) the crazy thing to me is that when you look at it and you think about, like, wow, what are all of the different pieces of process that go into this? And you think about, like, well, there was a guy who had to print it and all those, like, pieces of the production process. But then there are parts of the production process that matter that, um, you know, are still around today but matter for different reasons. For example... You had a copy editor back then because if somebody paid you $80 to list their apartment and you printed the address wrong, then that's kind of a problem. And so you had to have fail safes to make sure that the thing was a project of integrity, mistakes could be corrected, and so on. But now nobody has a copy editor. I well, mean, no, very- it's just it's just a one. I mean, that, from what I understand, is a lot of media stuff is just like if you're the guy who writes the article, you basically do most of it. And then it maybe you know, an I have editor. an editor who will read a couple. You know, it's why I'm lucky in that like I actively seek out working in places and to, to you know like places by the way that are either nonprofit or do not right, make right, money right. because I believe right. that it's like a it's it's a, it's a thing worth it. It's like like it's. I like doing it. Um, but, you know, as, as a business, it's like, well, now a copy editor is invaluable because a copy editor is like another person that you have to pay. That's a barrier between getting a story. Let's say if you're a journalist that we're talking about and not just like, you know, somebody writing five fast facts about like. Some- Dude, that's that is, that's that's journalism. Sure. Um, and, you know, you. you like those people I mean, who used I, to do that job, like it's now it's like, well, what do we value copy editing for? Because we don't actually need to have like the whole thing about printing because you can change shit instantly. So like that's like, so what is it for then? And it's like, well, we don't actually give a fuck about the craft of making something like this anymore. Like well, the but copy also neither matter. do the readers. I mean, that's the thing is like, I think readers, I think readers do, do like do care. It's just like they don't like it's not like they have a choice. Well, that is part of it. But also it's like you have all these companies that now the big thing is auto generated content. Right, which is yeah, just but, pulled from social media. But it's like the uh, the most. And then successful- you have people, and it's not to say it's not successful. But if the whole thing is turtles, right? I, I don't disagree. Then no. it's almost like a self licking ice cream cone. The, the you problem know what I mean? is though, is like I think of that, just like fake on fake. I think though that like you know like like you know maybe this is like me calling just like a rule of opposites dialectics, but I do think that like. The more and more you make it so that people cannot actually just, like, understand what the fuck is going on in the world around them, either because you've overloaded them with information or you're withholding the key facts, then, you know, I think it makes, like, the, like, a, I just don't think it'll, to the extent that anybody is planning stuff like this, 
uh, I just don't think that it'll yield the responses that, like, you know, media was originally, you know, as, like, something to, I guess, you know, program and control people um, well, in, in yeah, society. I don't I think, think any of it's good, and I don't think anyone's planning it other than the incentives are there, which is the, the only thing you can get investment for have to have, like, especially now, yeah. is insanely high returns on cheap investment. And so what you see then is, well, we're just going to pull from social media. I mean, so you see these... Where money is going to go is into companies that are literally that make Aussie look like a, the realest journalistic enterprise you've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is you know, like, like the yeah. an actual like we have an address that's not real because we literally exist as an avatar of a shell company. Well, this is and like all the, it is yeah. is one algorithm that got fucking investment that can pull and create a website that people click on, and it's like I said, self licking ice cream cone. I think though in there, like where it, like I see a breakdown. Like I see, I see. Yeah, I definitely see a social breakdown. Yeah, well, not just, but I mean, even a process (laughs) breakdown on this part is that like, yeah, social media doesn't like it doesn't like the the articles that get auto generated are actually articles that I I've been replaced by like if the I've been replaced by a machine in some respects. One of my old jobs, you know, writing up earnings reports. You know, basically waiting for like the moment that like, you know, a company's quarterly earnings report hits and then I write down the numbers in a piece and put it up quick or whatever. Uh-huh. Now machines do that way sure. better and they do it for the AP or whatever. Oh, yeah. And Perhaps, so Noah, you oh, should well. have learned to code. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that the computers will take me, but I, and I don't think that they'll be able to take people. What I think, though, is like what I think the lesson there is, the conclusion is that like information is so bountiful now, like stuff is all around you that it's never been valued less. And so if like, because it's valued so little, like, I mean, you know, it just puts more, it it means that you dear listener for listening to our, our, our beautiful dulcet tones are, are really doing something quite special by seeking out, you know, uh, something special and not just well, like the rest of the Well, it's also that then if you have this kind of area covered by, you know, what you're saying, like earnings reports and that stuff being done by robots, which I prefer to just use the term robots as opposed to algorithms because then it sounds cooler. Mm-hmm. And you get to like imagine a little army of robots yeah, like just, typing. Uh, I get to <laughs> just imagine like, that. Just like two Amazon arms. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah like it's, like, it's not a computer program. There's a physical yeah, built yeah, yeah, yeah. Two robot robots. arms at a keyboard. Yeah. Yeah, like a robot like on his like on his commute to work would be really cute. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but then you have the incentive, and again, I don't think anyone's planning this, but it's like where you see the incentives is, okay, well then if the only actual journalism jobs for whatever are in the what we call the take economy, which is really what the New York Times is, is or all these places are just like, you know, like our, my personal take on this issue, where everything then becomes an op-ed page, then it's like you just have these two things the op-ed page then fuels what then ends up on the auto-generated sites that gets the clicks that get, you know what I mean? And this is how, again, self-looking ice cream. I mean, to me, this is where it's like, you know, if there is something, because I do think you can, like, I don't think that this is like a, like the logic of this business and like the like information ecosystem and the internet, frankly, is like, it's meant to be defeatist. It's meant to be like, you don't have an ability to experience the world other than just like this, like constant, like luge of shit that we're pouring into your mouth. Like that is the only way to go. Like, I agree with that. Like it's, you gotta, (laughs) like people want you, like the, the way that the internet and media, I think is, is it pushes people to experience it is like you get up in the morning, drop your mouth and then just like, like shovel poop in. Yeah. And at the end of it though, I think like where, like, you know, like there remains 
a way in which it's like, you know, I don't think it's some like grand, bold, beautiful act to like necessarily unplug or whatever. But I do think that like, because we are now, you know, stuff like Ozzy should give people, I think, like a, like a sense or another reminder to just be like deliberate about where you train your brain. Like, what is the stuff that you want to pay yeah, attention to? You should to? only train your brain on Ozzy. That's <laughs> what I think. I mean, to that would me, be a cool person, probably. Just, you know, <laughs> like very uh, weird outlook on the world. I mean, that would be, they probably have, there is like one real Aussie fan out there. I'll be real with you guys. <laughs> I, I, from last night, just from my, what I was doing, I've definitely consumed more Aussie content than either you <laughs> of you and probably more people in the entire world. There's, there's an actually interesting, it, it, there's a, there's a quote. I, I can't remember if it's fucking Ben Smith or someone else talking yeah. about it in that article saying like, I've actually never organically come out across a piece of Aussie. Yeah. Reporting, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's, I, which is true, I think, for a lot of these websites. Um, I mean, it's either like it's they, they game the algorithm for Google so they get up to the top results when you sure. search something or whatever. But like, it's like, it's all like, like, Ozzy is nothing. There's nothing there, right? But like that, I think that's the case with so much of, so, so many of these media companies and then so much of like what you see on social media in general. And it's like, I think that like, frankly... I, I, I don't think it isn't I think it, you you exit the realm of like talking about media as such or like the news as such and it's just part and parcel for like whatever new electronic regime that exists now right is just is these fake media companies that just like you know come up with these garbled buzzword take articles every couple of hours or whatever that if they're not auto generated, or just they could be frankly AI generated, right? Just taken from keywords that are like word clouds that are people. Well, are this saying is you know to your point about the self-looking ice cream cone, Liz. It's like what is so much of this responding to? It's like, I mean, you know, and I say this is like, like it's just a ton of our media is about other media. It's just it's it is speech acts about other speech acts Wait. about other speech acts. Wait. Wait. Noah. We're doing we're doing that right no, now. No, no, stop, stop, stop. This no, not this is not a moment for self-referential, like whatever. Don't care what you're saying. But, well, I think to me, I think that Ozzy is actually a media company. I think <laughs> all these things all these things are actually media companies because if media is transmitting to you the news, if it is giving you an insight into the world today, I think Ozzy does a far better job of doing that than almost any other media company I could name, right? Because this is for the new information age, right? I'm doing some heavy quotes around that. Whatever age we're in right now, Web 2.0, the, 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 where everybody goes like bonkers, right? Everyone's kind of berserk, schizophrenic, pathetic, horny, hates themselves, wants it, I should die? Not you, listeners. Uh, I think Ozzy is perfect for that. I mean, what is it? Ozzy, Ozzy here has got Carlos Watson, a man who literally could be AI generated himself, yeah. right? Somebody who is, he might as well be a fucking, a, a, just a, a, a specter or something. He's not a real person. He was on MSNBC for two months in January 20, 2009 or something. Yeah, no, like, it's this like, isn't, it's, I mean, it, 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 I think you're right. And it's also, it, you know, to emphasize, I guess, to, to like what Liz said about the self-licking ice cream cone, it's like the thing that like enables this to exist is that like you know there is, I think, a very convenient way to just hand wave. Oh, New York media, oh, journalists, blue checks. Listen, that's racist. Okay, yeah, it's racist. Uh, Technically anti-Semitic. <laughs> no, but it's like I think the like the the slightly more rarefied uh, or elevated version of that um, that is like one hundred percent true and. 
people can try lying to you as all they want about it, but it is, um, it is true, is that, like, you know, there is a, like, you know, when Adam Curtis made that movie Hypernormalization and came up with that word to describe, I mean, it really does work. It's just, like, there is a world of people whose job is to produce information for the rest of the world, you know, to help them understand the world better. But what it ultimately comes down to and why everybody goes insane in the morning when they check their phones, I believe, is because that obligation is no longer about explaining the world, but it's about, like, you know, like, like, and it's not like there's some, again, centrally planned thing, but it's that, like, everybody is slotting into an ecosystem where it's just about, like, pissing off people on the internet and then responding about how pissed off you are to political events that happen in the real world that you have no control over because our institutions have been broken for years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that makes, it, it is like, there's no... the If you're looking at the Aussie website, right? Like, you are, you are a pervert you wake up in the morning and you 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 look over at your cell phone you hold it as close to your face as possible because your eyes have basically atrophied in your skull from looking at ozzy so much over the past 24 48 72 whatever hours and you see you see articles this is this is what's on ozzy's page right now the first thing of course is a carlos watson youtube link 8chan creator frederick brennan on QAnon incel culture and a trump's coming fascist coup so first of all need a copy editor just in the first headline on their website but everything else it's like hey neighbors imagine a world beyond borders the changing face of sports the wonderful world of wellness meet the man making opera history none of this is stuff that you need to know right like but i think all of it Taken as a whole, I don't need to read any of those articles. I'll never, I haven't read an article on the internet in probably 10 years. You don't ever need to read them. You just need to know that they exist and that there are countless, count, every single article out there has been replicated literally an infinite amount of times on an infinite amount of websites. And what you need to do is instead of ever looking at the news as such in any of these things, take a look at this as a whole. Right. As like, yeah. as a, as a try whole, to see the boundaries, it's how to see the boundary of that and see how that's integrated into everything else. And to me, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't like, like to reiterate, like, I don't think Ozzy, Ozzy is a scam in the same way that like everything's kind of a scam or whatever. But to me, I think it's perfect. I think yeah. it's one of the best news websites in human history. Have I read anything on it? No. Have I watched several 30 second YouTube clips? Because that's how YouTube works now. You got to make the short clips, I guess, in order to get views on them, which is weird because YouTube's auto load function like isn't very good and it takes too fucking long to do. Um, like taken as a whole and taken as part of like as part of the internet, I think it's perfect. And like, I don't think. Do you need to know what's happening in any other place? No, you don't. Absolutely <laughs> no, you, not. No, you, you need don't. to know what's happening on the digital landscape because that's where you live. That's where your home is. You don't live in Bosnia. You know, you don't need to know what's going on over there. You need to know about the changing world of wellness and a world without borders. Well, but also, like, and if you were to know about Bosnia or were to be interested in Bosnia, you, you, would, you would, like, we would be talking about, like, the five most inspirational young women going to school in, like, that, like, there's a, like, it's, I mean, I, I think that there's also been, like, accompanying that is, like, the, when you make that very real and correct critique, the response is something to the effect of, well, what about these empowering stories and things that, you know, that we show in a, lo- show in a light on or whatever? And it's like, 
Congratulations. There exists very little money in this thing and you have a bunch of it and you're yeah. learning over the fact that you did like one good thing with yeah. all of it. I always find that like really like the defense that people like when you say that something like a publication or something sucks or that it's like output is like, well, like they did this article about like chicks. It's like, yes, I'm glad your friend wrote for them. I've made this. I've been at a party and made this like awful defense of something I don't genuinely believe in either. It feels you, great. You, you, I'm glad your friend wrote an article about some guy in Uganda that had an HT then to another website at the bottom. Once I figured out what HT meant, by the way. What's it mean? Hat tip. Hat tip? First of all, okay, you, you should if put some of your coworkers. I mean, to be honest, to like, that's, a, that's just kind of like blue check day one shit. Yeah, well, once you, well, sorry, I'm blue check day zero over here. Uh, they, had, they did take mine away because of allegations um, that I made. But, uh, <laughs> but it, once I figured out what that means, then I'm like, oh, it's all just like recycled stories every yeah, single time yeah, yeah. all the way down. <laughs> that like, blew my shit everything. out. I That's mean, when I learned I could be a journalist. Every, I would say like every week or so, there's a kerfuffle online every week about a, some viral story where then so everyone's got to like say their side, whatever, A, B, A, B. X, Y, X, Y, I have no idea, whatever, any story. And it's always the same story that's been published every three years. Yeah. And it's always the same. I'm thinking there was specifically like one, I think it was like New York Mag or New York Times, whatever, some New York thing. It's always New York thing. Where about like, you know, what's the point in having kids because of climate change or something? But then the article was not about that. But then everyone gets mad or they don't get mad. And then they all whatever. And well, it's like, I've read this article like 18 times. I wrote that article. Yeah, and this I is both had kids and not had kids because of that article. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, you know, it's like, I think like the media wants you to be like, listen up, chuckle fucks. You live in the Matrix. The Matrix is this fake reality that's keeping you from the real reality where the bad stuff's happening. But guess what? The rules in the Matrix, they actually matter a whole lot. And you have to follow them and never violate them and never question that the Matrix is actually really tight. So, yeah, what's your problem? The like Matrix that. is real. Yeah, but yeah. that's the real red pill is that there is no other world. Yes, well, I mean, we live in the Matrix, and that's the only world we live in. Yes, that yeah, that's it. That's it. Yes, yeah. We, and uh, I You cannot will, log off. There you don't get no to go to the off. big rave. I have only seen that clip, so I haven't actually seen Do the full people, second Matrix movie. Are there movie? people who have hair like the twins? Is that a real thing? Yeah. It did, I live in LA, man. Every guy I hang out with, yeah. I don't know if you know who Brooke Candy is, but every guy I hang out with looks like Brooke that. Brooke Candy? Bro, yeah, listen, you know I that? thought you worked for Vice. I guess he worked on the news. Part I mean, I'm of sorry, it. I just didn't real. I did, sorry, I wouldn't believe that a guy named Brooke Candy is a real guy. That's a woman. Uh, but a I woman. hang out with guys with seven. You said guy. In, yeah, I hang out with guys that look like that. Noah, Got they it. all have seven inch long fingernails. They all have dreadlocks down to their fucking goddamn knees, which also have tattoos on them, and they're crazy looking people. Yes, they have, they have holes in the jeans and the knees. That you can just see the kneecap. I don't hang out with anyone who wears jeans. I don't hang out with people who wear clothes that much. What I want to say is that you're right. The Matrix is is the Matrix. I said the Matrix is the only world. Does that make it real? Does that make the Matrix not real? I don't. I'm not. I don't have time for these mind games. Whatever you think of the Matrix as, it's real, and we live in it. And Ozzy and all these other news sources are the actual information that you really do need to read to understand that world. Because that is there is no clearer insight into the mind of the AI than reading any of these websites. 
And that is, to me, one of the most important things to learn. Do you actually need to read it? Again, I might sound contradictory here. No, but you need to know it exists and read the headline. That's what journalists don't want you to know, is that actually you really only do need to learn them. Now, read the headline. We are uh, required. And they write the headlines. By the uh, CDC after the latest New York Times story about Ozzy to give a disclaimer. If you experience brain damage, dizziness, epilepsy, flashing lights, uh, you don't experience those things. But if you do, um, and any other ill side effects from reading Ozzy, um, you can't sue True Anon. No. You can sue me. You yes. can sue Noah. Absolutely. Yeah. With that, I'm Liz. My name is Brace. And, you know, I, I got to say a couple other things about Ozzy here. Listen, I know a lot of people have been making comments about the company that I work for with a couple allies with, with Coindexter, Okay. And we were pretty heavily invested into Ozzy and a few other, like, you know, UAE-based companies. I'll put it that way. And I understand that I have made poor choices in where Coindexter's Bitcoin went. And I would like to publicly apologize to him here for that. Uh, And my last name is Belden. I'm Noah. We are, of course, joined by producer Young Chomsky, who I am in bed with right now. The podcast is called We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.